Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ADAS Prevention 365, where prevention is every day in every way. I am one of your hosts, Tiffany Tan, coming back at you with another episode of mine, which is really close to home. I am Cambodian-American, born and raised by refugees. And this holds a really special episode for me because I will be interviewing my very own mom. Hi, Matt. Hey. Matt, thank you so much for being brave and being willing and let alone maybe excited to be part of this episode. You're welcome. I appreciate. Thank you, Matt. I wanted to bring up this conversation that is emotionally heavy. As a daughter of refugees, I hear stories every day growing up from my mom, my aunts. They can only speak about maybe a couple words when I was younger before I realized that it was just so heavy and honestly really painful for them to talk about. This includes how they were born in Amer- in, in Sukhmai, which is Cambodia, but her how her life and how many Khmer's life turned upside down. When Pol Pot came into power, and so Matt, I bring this over to you. How was your childhood like uh, in Sokhop, Sokhmai? Hi. In my whole life, I live in Cambodia. I born in Cambodia and raised in Cambodia. I live in a village, countryside. I never, never, never have childhood until now. We do not have a uh, wonderful life, but we don't have a bad life. We have just normal life. Our country is very poor. The children need to help the parents as much as they can. Then I help my um, aunt. Then my aunt make me selling um, banana fry with um, my cousin. But they are boys. Um, They are a little bit younger than uh, younger than me and one is a uh, big older than me but my aunt made me to sell banana fry I she put a banana fry on a tray and she made me carry it on top of my hat and we walk barefoot on the dirt and when the way when it hot it the sand is so hot it's burn my feet and we have to walk fast like jump and hop so we need to walk faster to avoid the sun and then somehow uh, somehow you know we all children doesn't not know how to take care or be careful we fell and then the banana fry is uh, covered by sand and we just wipe it out blow it out and then put it to the tray and then go along and sell and then a uh, banana fry sell one piece is um one real in our country is not even half or a piece of penny in America. So that is very, very, very poor. 1975 through 1979, we come to uh, a Popo regime. Everybody in the city, in the capital, in the village evacuate to the jungle. Yes, and million, million of people die because of starving, not enough food, no medicine, no school, no, uh, no education. 
and then uh, they make the people build the house like by like house house small house by the from the branch of um tree and uh, some live uh, sleep on the ground they make you work and work work hard work over labor work they separate the child from the parent that from the age of five years old and they separate the um gender yeah gender. the boy live with the boy the girl will live with a girl and the teen they live separate also some husband and wife they separate too the wife is live in a place work in a different place the husband live and work different place and um, starving no food yeah so Matt just so I just so the viewers understand when you say work this is this is they were forced to work this is forced labor forced labor yeah forced labor so you're separated by you're separated from your mom yes separated from your sisters you're you're the youngest of seven correct um and you're separated from even anyone you know Matt do you remember how old you were when it was when this just changed your life and every everyone's life in Sokhmai in Cambodia by the time I think I am 11 or 11 and a half just say 11 (laughs) 11. so you were still a child Matt yes it is you're still a child and still a child the, you still needed your mom and your dad we yes of course uh we need um parents um to be um cuddled to be warm to mm-hmm. be um care to uh, be safe safe yeah. yeah and then so Matt, can you tell me about what what were you forced to work at 11 so you're separated with other 11 year olds other 11 year old girls what what did they make you do they made me do the brick and the brick to cover the um, roof and then after that um, they moved me from that place to make me carry the um, the ground you know digging ground carry it out to make a deep canal and after that they make me um, carry the water to um, water plant the vegetable different kind of vegetable and after that they make me um, carry crop that means to collect it to put in a pie after they harvest and after that they make me work um pulling the weed out of the crop to make the crop uh, grow better Mm -hmm. and they make me uh, cut all the grass to chop it or some kind of grass I don't know what it is to chop it to make soil Mm -hmm. and um uh yeah different thing and then sometime i don't have place to sleep they i sleep underground um the when i sleep under the uh, underground the sand like on my my lip my eyebrow mm-hmm. yes and uh, and so so my like when you say you had to do you had to fetch water you had to make bricks with cement to make a brick wall to make a brick hut um, this is labor. This is backbreaking hard work as an 11-year-old. Of course, yes, yeah. it is. And they they made you, they forced you because what would happen if you didn't want to do it? What was your option? If I cannot do what they want me to do, they will they will beat you or they will do more than beat. I don't know what they do, but the most I know, they beat you like they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care because they just needed your labor. Yes. Yeah, and... This is, we're talking sunrise to sundown. Yes. Sometimes from seven, sometimes it's from five or six. We have to walk from the camp to the working place. We have, I feel like this is kind of silly to ask, but 
but how was school? Did you have education during this? No education. No at all. No just education. Work. No, not at all. Just work. Just back, work, back work. work. Just work. Yeah. Working. Yes. No education. Yeah. I understand no education. Fine. But as long as they make us work, they have to fit us in a food, mm-hmm. but they don't do so. The labor work and the work is earned a lot, but I don't know where the the food went. The the food the food went where the the job that we done and then the, they don't know. I don't know where they collect it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in our country is a good place to plant um, rice or whatever that they uh, they make us do earn a lot but yeah. they just put in a trailer trailer i don't know where they ship it to yeah you have no question to ask yeah. you have no wonder nothing you can ask them where does where did the food go no you can't do so you cannot ask if you ask they gonna make bring you away then you're gonna gone i we don't know mm-hmm. what they do with it they gotta kill you whatever. and so no question right and so this is this is forced labor. You're a, a child. Correct. At 11, you're still a child at that age. And you're, you're forced to work, agricultural, back-breaking work. You're hungry. You told me that they didn't feed you enough. What what did they feed you, though? They they have one cafeteria for the child. They have a cafeteria for the teen. They have a husband and wife. Good they have a cafeteria. They made a food. But the food, when they after cooking... They have to give you, like, example, a scoop. Mm-hmm. Everybody a scoop. And then sometimes they have, like, a soup. One, like, one big fish or a couple medium fish. And they make to soup. Sometimes they have vegetable like banana, like green banana. Some leaves that they could eat. They just put into a water and then some. And then um, they give you that. But not enough. Not small, enough. small, small, yeah. like little bit scoop, small scoop. Yeah. And I so I, you're still hungry at night, like your your stomach is like crawling. Starvation was everywhere. Not to say only starvation, but there was no medicine. There was no way of feeding yourself after working a days in and days out of work in agricultural labor. But how much how much was the rice portion? One can of rice, the can as big as the um, condensed milk. They oh. they used to that the container. They used to scoop the rice. Once one can of rice um, make two soup of a water soup, and they split it to fifteen. Depend on some date. Some is fifteen. Some ten. Some twenty. And just very light, light, light um, um, rice spot. Only water. So you had more water than than like rice grains because when they sectioned for about 10 people, it was not even a soup can. It was a a small condensed milk can. Can They used that, filled it with water, boiled it, created some type of porridge, so to speak, or if anything, soupy water. Correct. And that's what you would eat after you work in the rice fields. Correct. When you, you know, what you said, making tunnels, making brick walls. Right. That's what you ate. Correct. That's all you could eat. What happens if you ask for more? No chance to ask for more. No chance at all. So every day you were hungry, ma? Every day hungry. Every day stomach is crowding. My mom says that if once you had your small portion of soupy water and rice, you can kind of salvage to find leaves. So the leaves from the vine, um, that would kind of suffice. But you, you would still be going a bit hungry. 
Of course. Every day. And every then the day, next day, night. you're expected to work again. Correct. With, with full energy, with no questions asked. Correct. Yeah. And then you starving, you tired, you not walk straight, you just kind of wobbling. Yeah, they, you start not your yeah, malnourished. Yeah. yeah. Like you you you're small and yeah, small and young and not enough food and you don't have any energy, you're tired, you walk wobbling, and then they hit you, slap you. Mm-hmm. They said you is just like um not strong. Oh, so because you don't have enough food in your body or energy to fuel your body, you're maybe confused, you're loopy, you cannot walk straight, sloppy, and right. you're exhausted. And so um, the leaders, is that the, the leader, the leader, the leader, and then the, the leader, the group leader, yeah, the they, group leader would, they will hit you um, to kind of straighten you out and accuse that you're lazy. But really, my mom, everyone in the work camps, they were malnourished, they were starved, they were worked to death. Some is very, very, very exhausted, die in the place of work. They just dropped. They dropped it. Die. They retired. Yeah. Die. Yeah. You just you just fell down and die during working time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ma, it blows my mind that this happened to you when you were in a, at 11 years old to 15 years old, right, Ma? Correct. During this time where death was everywhere. You were forced to work. Did you have some sense of kind of a funny memory or you were because you were still a child? I don't have any memory, but oh, one day, um, yeah, one day I work and then somehow we end up early, like early, sun still light. And then I walk to some place and I didn't mention that I meet someone, but I meet my cousin, my, my third cousin. He is the same age, but I'm born earlier, like a week or two weeks before him. So somehow we're meeting, we're happy. He say, oh, wow, I'm so happy to see you. And then how are you doing? He say, I'm doing good, but I'm hungry. And I say, I'm hungry too, not only you. What's, what should we find to eat? And then we walk under the tree, the big tree. Then they that tree called Dangkao. The the tree is a uh, fruit is round. Uh, before it green, after that it like brown, and then when it ripe is red. And then um, I don't have energy, or we not tall enough to reach. We only see the tr- the fruit is come down after the bird is eating, and the bird is eat inside inside already. Only the shells outside. And we saw it drop down, and then when it's so dirty, the ant and the, no, the insects it go in there, and then we put, we pick it up, we just uh, bang it, the insects or the ant out, to dust the dust it off, mm-hmm. and then we blow, we, we bite out by the by our um, shirt, and we eating together. And then he find one, he eat, I find one, I eat, and then we after we eating, we still hungry, but we anyway we have something to eat. Something to eat. That's more like something to like nibble on. Of course, like just a small snack that doesn't even suffice well, your hunger. Yeah, just just find thing. Mm. At least you have something to eat. Right, but this is this is like after a bird ate it. This is after it, the bird ate. A, the after fish, the, the uh, insect ate. After the bird. After the dirt. After the uh, insects in there, we blow, but we don't care. We we, we say, oh, we happy. We but just it eat something. it. Something, yeah. And that's but, how it was with the food scarcity. That's yeah, how it was. After that, we we eat, but we have some, and then we're still hungry, but we have at least something. And then after that, I say, 
oh, we need to go. We cannot be, we cannot be, be here too long. I, I, I need to go. And I say, oh, I, I cannot go by myself. Can you take me to my um, camp? And he say, yeah, yeah, I walk you. Oh, because you were separated by gender. Yes. Right? And then I say, I, I have to go. I cannot stay here too long. And I say, I cannot go. Can you take me to, can you walk me to my camp? He say, yeah, I, I walk you. When he walked me to my camp, it's close to my camp. It's not reaching my camp yet, but it's close. And he say, and I say, you go. And he say, oh, I can't go. Can you, can you walk me to my camp? I say, okay, I walk you. Wait, hold on. So you needed help to, you needed, you asked him for help to walk you to your camp. Correct. And then it got, because it was getting too dark. Yeah. It was getting darker. And then yeah. midway or about one third left before you reached the girls camp, your camp, he needed help to go to his camp. Of course. Oh, okay. So then yeah. what happened? And then, and then we keep doing, um, uh, walk each other back and forth a couple of times. And, and the sun is, um, kind of down. And I say, Hey, uh, you know what? Now the sun is gonna set. I need, I need to go back to my camp right away before sunset. So I might get in trouble. You get in trouble. And I say, okay, what do you do? You go to your camp by yourself. I go to my <laughs> camp by myself. From that time, I never see my third cousin anymore. Until 1979, then we come to um, after after Pol Pot is um, like breaking overthrown oh yeah they break out i don't know i the soldier but i don't know what kind of soldier is that i can't understand that word i think it's uh, vietnam or something they say okay now you need to go to the con- to the city then we come and then uh, by the time we see each other again we live the same how together we live together like a couple months and then we escape from our country walk barefoot to thailand's border when you tell me that story, is it still holds a sense of childhood innocence? Correct. Because you were scared of walking in the night in the dark. Correct. I, I feel that almost every child had their own experience of darkness and how scary it was. Correct. And for you, and you're in the reality of the picture of, of what you were going through, and, and many young adults, toddlers, elders, parents, they were in this in a in a world where there was death everywhere. Correct. And mommy, you're going through it at 11 year olds with the same scared that I was scared of when I was 11 year old, which is of, of the dark. And here you are just trying to go back to your camp because if not, you would get in trouble. And I think what was so profound was you still had the sense of childhood scaredness, but your, your situation was death in the work camps. The childhood scaredness is um, normal to every to every child, but the scare is if you don't go to the camp by um, the time that um, a lot of, that uh, the leader count or call your name, you get in trouble. They say where you go, you are a um, disloyal or you were like secretive, right? Mm-hmm. Correct or willing to overthrow like the current leader, correct? Right, fight them back. And also, they accuse you that. And also, they will um, um, punish you by uh, no eating, n- no food, and then make you work more, double, triple, whatever. Right. Or they beat you up. And um, because you scare on every everything. You're scared of accusing things. You're scared of their beating. They're scared that they're killing you. And um, um, 
because you know no matter um five years old six years old three years old they know popot is they kill everybody right. because they've been locked their parent of that right and when we say this genocide when we talk about this genocide many cambodians were killed for being intellectuals for being medical professionals for being classical dancers for coming from a family of high rank they did not want anyone to hold any intellectual abilities pol pot's regime was based on communism theories and he wanted a classy society so education was a sense of threat so therefore they just wanted people to work they just wanted you know people humans to just work in agricultural um and that's what she was caught in this like many cambodians or anyone living in cambodia during this time many people did not survive um it's an estimated that 2 million khmer people died during this time and that's just an estimate Ma, who who in your family were killed because of pol pot how many um i have one brother that my dad my grandparent aunt uncle but especially my third brother he is young he's so hungry you know everybody is hungry but he's hungry he's young but he doesn't think about how to protect his life and he hungry he uh got um some of the rice that he is working for and they cut him and they execute he they kill him they murder him by the time when my brother got killed somehow i'm with my mom that time someone who is his group of working one of the guy come up to my mom and uh, one of the guy come up he doesn't talk to my mom long he just say oh auntie your one your son is this is got killed because of he uh take right and then they caught him and they kill him i know exactly is and after that he live he not going to stay long he not going to sit down he just stand close to my mom uh talk to her like that and my mom got shocked my mom collapsed my mom passed out he become she become purple and she couldn't breathe and i shake her shake her i come mom 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 wake up wake up mom don't die if you die i don't know who i'm going to live with wake up wake up please i'm cry i'm shaking her i'm squeezing her i'm massaging her and i pull her ear and i um blow her ear up to make her Just wake, to wake up. Her up to wake her up and she was so shocked that yeah and then she turned to purple and like i don't know how long couple minute or whatever and she wake up she take a deep breath from that time my mom don't talk just only one word only couple word that she need she no talk to no one she's very sad 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 and after that i don't see my mom anymore they separate me away again mm-hmm. yeah so but was the death of your brother um and your grandma your grandpa and dad also died were these the your first experience of death yeah that is my first experience of that in my family because uh we used to have a warm family 
we used to um, care and respect, love each other of the family, of the sibling, and the parent is so, so warm to the children. And so just just this this just this bloody period of Khmer's history because of the genocide, because of the forced labor camps, um, there was starvation, there was no medicine, there was over-exhaustion of work, um, and many people died. But Ma, you had a contrast that there was more people who died by being killed than the combination of starvation, of no medicine, of being overworked. It was uh, the point blank execution that took over so many people's lives. Uh, to me, thinking in my mind, even those starving with not enough food, not medicine, uh, people still have more light. But the more is die because they kill. Mm-hmm. They kill this more. Is, this is execution. That, this is just a point blank murder. Right. Execution. Correct. So the. Example, if you don't have a lot of food, you don't have enough food, you don't have a medicine, uh, you don't have a good shelter, people die, but going to be die less. Mm-hmm. The more die because of they kill, they get executed, they get murdered. Mm-hmm. So including the murder and the starving, that's why it's more people die. Yeah. And that, that was what took your dad, my grandpa. Correct. And your grandmother and grandfather so my great grandparents correct just the the malnourished they were old oh but they were also asked to work my parent is not die natural because they uh don't have enough food and no medicine and stress mm-hmm. and die and uh, plus my dad he is like don't have enough food no medicine he's sick and he's stressed because her because his um son get murdered he love and he care he loved the son so he is like more sad and everything going on yeah all that into combined so the combined the 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 paranoia the secrecy that you couldn't let anyone know who you were related to correct being being forced to work correct being malnourished not being fed enough Right. And you being young, right. all of that in, combi- in combination. And also the chai is separate from him and the chai never have, ne- never happy, never um, healthy. So he think about the chai and he is think about uh, food. He think about he's sick and then combining everything. He had, he passed. Yeah. yeah, he passed. So the experience of the um, bad life in Cambodia in Port region is um, like I am in hell. I'm not expect that I'm be alive. I'm not expect that I could survive because of um, every day. You think about I'm going to be like this forever my whole life. I'm going to be stay here. I go the 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 popo is gonna stay forever in my life, or I'm going to die, or I'm gonna be survive. In eleven or twelve years old, Chai asked me, yeah. think about every day like that, and hungry at night, and miss um parent every night, cry every night, scare every night, the daytime um miss parent but the daytime is like light day 
they lie and um, you work, you have no mind to think about it. You have to think about how do you work for them. Right. Yeah. That is the... Um, That that's is hell. that's that's why I'm saying I'm living in the hell. That's hell. Yeah, yeah. that's that is hell. It's um, there's no words when I hear my mom speak these stories, or even the stories that I hear from my aunt and uncle. There's just no words. It's just absolute. I don't. It's it's it's. There's no words, and there's no words. But it, this happened. This happened to my mom. This happened to the everyone who raised me, um, and this happened to everyone who didn't survive. Yes. Yeah. We kept um, that sad for a very, very, very long time because we never forget it, but we never said it out. We never talked out. It was impossible to forget, ma. We 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 never forget, but we never talk because that is over. It is too much, too much, too but too much. What too, too painful? much painful? Mm -hmm. Too much is like struggle or what? Yeah, and then uh, we speak it out now because it's been a very long time since nineteen seventy five through two thousand twenty two. It more than almost half, almost fifty years. Yes. Yeah, 50 years. Almost 50 years. And every day we think about say, oh, if we keep if we keep um sad, we keep secret, then it's nothing earned. Mm -hmm. But when we getting old getting older, older, the sad is more thinner, thinner, and we just want to forget it. We, if if I don't say it out, I don't talk, that means um it's nothing earned. So mm -hmm. just 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 let it go. Just let it mm -hmm. out. Let it out so it doesn't, it's not so heavy. Because you won't be able to forget this, Matt. Never forget it. But, but if, as you gotten older and time has passed for about 47 years now, um, it's like a little bit easier for you to talk, to talk. about it. So Correct. It, but the pain will still be there. Because, Correct. Because you lost Correct. your family members. Oh, correct. Mm -hmm. You... Came in at 11 years old when when Popo came into regime. Correct. And then when Popo's regime was overthrown, the Kanaikaham was overthrown. You were 15 years old. Yes. Still really young, Ma. Uh, yes. Um. Uh. Still teen. Yeah. Still a teen. Still really young. Correct. You've gone through hell on earth. It seems like a nightmare that you lived through. In 1979, the Kanaikaham is no longer in power. And so now Cambodia is in a shift of who takes the political leader. Yes. But really, at that point, you are able to leave the work camps. Yes. Tell me about um, tell me about the next part of this at 1979. I stay in the city for about a couple months, about maybe three, four, five months, something like that. And we are walk, we starving because we don't have food yet. We don't have any equipment, no, no equipment uh, to um, raise our family because after what we don't have anything to um, to, to build up yet because everybody is empty hand. 
Yeah. yeah. There was like no records of, right. of family ties. Yes. Because before Popo, we still have, we have house, we have a property, farm property, yeah. like, like farm property, like um, house, like equipment, everything. But by the time we don't, we, after Popo break out, we don't have any, we just only empty hand. And then we think about where we could go. How do we raise our family back together? Mm-hmm. And then someone Someone tells, say, okay, you know, they have like a refugee camp in, in Thailand border. If you could walk there and then we all gather all the family and then um, we are uh, make appointment with uh, the whole family say, okay, now we have to walk from Batambang to um, Thailand border. And then we take like three months from Batambang to um, Thailand border. Cambodia border Thailand we walk a daytime when the sun set anywhere we don't need any shelter we just slip on if we sleep on the road on the jungle yeah yeah we sleep there and then if we could find some food um, cooking outside and eat and after that um, we walk again walk by barefoot again even shoe, we don't have any shoe. We just walk barefoot. Through the jungle. The jungle. Through Kowdang. Yeah. To the Thailand border. Yeah. We we walk we walk on the street. By the time we have small, you know, we have a street to the border. Yeah, border. Mm-hmm. The street is not like a street in America. The street is just like um the the road, the road, you know, the the mud, the the rock, the mm-hmm. the ground. And then we find a way we got to a border. When we got to the border, the American embassy, all the embassy is support. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us food, give us rice, give us vegetable, give us um, a turf to make a roof. Mm-hmm. This is like the husk, right? The, the husk, the, but but the turf, you know, the turf, the turf, support pliang, the turf that. Oh, so they gave my mom tarps. Tarp, yeah, the yeah, tarp. So this tarp was really helpful because before. Um, what they would use for their housing is like the corn husk. Yeah. Um, but with these tarps, these were able to repel water, um, yeah. let alone create more shade. Shade. So life was a little bit better. Better. Uh, Safety. And it was more safe. So we just live in the camp inside the the fence. Mm-hmm. If you live in the fan, you safety. And so Kawadang is a refugee camp. It's one of the large, it's the largest refugee camp it was actually the first refugee first. camp that was made after Bopo's regime so many anyone who survived they were making their way to Kawadang refugee camp this is where life was slowly beginning back or whatever normalcy they can have after going through hell um, this is also where you would see anyone who survived or where you haven't seen them in a long time being separated this is where maybe families were reunited Whoever alive is we be is reunite. Yes, if you ha- if if they were lucky to survive, then and they made their way with luck, um, or even just the the willpower to walk from where they were at to Kawadang. That's when maybe some members of their families are reconnected. You were in Kawadang uh, from 1979 to 1984. That's five years. Correct. So that's another five years of of resettling your life back from Popot. Um, 
life gets a little bit better. You start learning a little bit of English because there's English school. They, um, uh, I go to school. I go to um, uh, Cambodia school too. The teacher is to teach Cambodia. I, I study over there during that time, during um, four, four, five years uh, in camp. I increase of um, go to school and I increase of um, learning um, uh, 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 English as a third language is very basic. So I only have a very basic English from there. But I'm be proud of myself. I say, okay, um, I'm going to work harder. At least I have my base language for myself. Right. Yeah. And um, for my mom, and her family who survived, uh, they were granted uh, citizenship to America and they came in waves. So some of her older siblings, along with their families, um, she came to America with her mother and her sister and niece, her sisters. Niece and nephew. And her niece and nephew. And brother-in-law. And her, um, her brother-in-law. Um, Matt, you told me a story about, and you, you traveled by plane. By plane. How was that your first time on a plane going well, to America? That is my first time on a plane. I be proud of myself. I say, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm going to have a better life. I'm gonna be born again. But somehow I was um, pop up of um, missing my dad um, that I never felt before. Before I live in Kawidang, Rijuji camp, I know I away from my, my father. I know my father passed away, but I know that I'm close to him. Somehow I have a feeling my tear is come down. And I said, I call my dad is O. I say, oh, um, hi. Oh, goodbye. I'm gonna go far, far, far away from you. I know you passed, but because of Cambodia is our country, the place that we born, and the place that I bury you. And then I just whisper to myself, and also I'm scared of the plane. I never have a, I never have, this is my first plane. I'm scared and I don't understand. Yes, everything is like mixing in my mind. First is happy and then um, the sadness come out. I miss my dad every day, every night. I think about him every day. I know he's his past. So on that, while you were sitting on the plane, you're essentially saying goodbye. Goodbye, I whisper myself. Yeah, goodbye to your dad. Yeah, and um, I told him I'm gonna go far, far, far away. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know where America is, but I know it's far. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know, but somehow it's like pop to let me know that it's too far. Yeah. Go too far. And um, you went through experience that my, I don't think I will ever experience. No, you're not. Um, you survived. And then you now have a new life in America. Yeah, I have I have a new life. Like I reborn. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you've said that before. 
I misheard her and I thought she said that coming to America is like li- is like winning the lottery. But no. Um, but now that I hear her stories more in depth because now she's she's able to tell her stories. I heard wrong. Coming to America for my mom is better than winning the lottery. It's a lot more um, better than win the lottery. Yeah. So having her gone through a genocide at 11 years old, having seen death, having experienced death, untimely death of her brother, unnatural death based on starvation, no medicine, no, no shelter, no shelter, no justice, no just clothes. unfair treatment of humans. And the death of millions. Millions. Ma, coming to America was better than winning the lottery. Yes, correct. More, because more, for you, more, life... More better. Yeah, life, because for you, life, life is priceless. Of course. Especially when so many people were killed. So many people were executed. Yeah. For no reason. For no real fair justice reason. No, no reason. Just want to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Ma, you say you're lucky? Like you said, insulin kmai is some nang. Yeah, lucky. I'm a big lucky. That you're some nang tom. Yeah, some nang tom. So you were lucky to have survived, popot. Yeah, of course. Have survived death. Yes. To be reborn, you're lucky. Right. To come to America, you're lucky. Yes. But Ma, I, I, I feel that it's not just luck. Isn't for me when I hear your story as a daughter of someone who experienced this, Ma, I don't think it's just luck. I think it had to do with just the strength and the resilience to survive, to survive popo, to survive the labor, the forced labor at 11 years old, to see death everywhere, to see people drop dead because of overwork and exhaustion. I don't think it's just luck that you have I think is your strength the sheer strength to keep going to hide to keep going as scared as you were at 11 years old yes you could say that and I agree but uh, in Cambodia in our culture the lucky is the main main word that cover everything if you are uh, alive, you not die by that time, that, re- that regime, you say you're alive, that means you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So the lucky is the big, the main word. It is lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you not save your life, you die. That means you're not lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In America, I know, I I know, I agree, but we only have that the main word, right? Yeah, only samnang is a lucky. Kamaita samnang. Yeah, and so my mom's story, which she let me know, this is the lighter version, and it's so heavy to hear as stories. So I can't, I can't, I won't be able to imagine what it's like, but I hear these stories. They are as heavy as you hear them. They are as heartbreaking. They are as heartache. They are harrowing. They are, there's no word to explain. Correct. This feeling. Right. 
while I'm hearing you say it, because I, I hear, I see, I see it more in your face uh-huh. of what you went through. Uh-huh. Um, my mom's story, as Khmer, as Cambodian, um, as being Southeast Asian, her story is only a snapshot of only a glimpse of what happened in Cambodia's history. Um, but moreover, the strength to survive the sheer willpower to survive not yes and i think that is what really made you so strong to keep going no matter how hard it is yes to adapt uh-huh. in america yes because granted coming to america was better than winning the lottery for you correct however you still had so many challenges by getting used to how life is in america let alone this new world because of this new life in america right new life um born reborn again in a new world for me yeah yes but anyway i'm learning yeah yeah you had yeah you had a learning curve you had a learning curve with the language barrier with trauma from your past life correct you know you're you're figuring out just american life american food yeah but i'm still carry on yeah so matt I thank you. You for surviving. I thank you myself for survive from the hell to here too. Yeah. yeah, that's the lucky that I have. That's what Cambodia say. Some nang. Yeah. Yeah. So some nang is lucky. My mom's story is important, and her experiences of surviving a genocide and coming from nothing relates to the bigger picture of being a Southeast Asian minority in America. Southeast Asian and ethnic communities alike need resources that will help them live after going through the horrors of war. Many live in low-income communities that lack resources while they experience PTSD, language barriers, racial discrimination, minority health disparities, and substance abuse. And so we honor them for what they went through by giving them credit for surviving and servicing them, and ADAP offers resources including prevention education, individual and family counseling, treatment services, job skill and employment opportunities, as our model and philosophy remains that people need people. Thank you for joining us for today's special episode. Please join us Wednesday at Prevention 365 Podcasts on Believe, Spotify, and ADAP. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.